Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Hey, Last Watchers, here I am for one last episode before stepping on the plane and heading off to Medellin Falls for the Medellin Falls Festival. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Medellin Falls Festival coming up, and I'm going to give you some info on that. <clears throat> a couple of things I wanted to go over first. Uh, we got some Alaska Watch news going on. I wanted to uh, talk about some things that are kind of going on in my area that... Uh, caught my attention recently and uh the first is uh we had a recent uh, a bear attack here uh very close to the area where i do a lot of my researching um this was on the uh hidden lake trail <clears throat> near ski lake lake and the Kenai national wildlife refuge there were two campers uh, that were attacked in their tent and uh, by a bear uh, this happened uh a couple of days ago, just on Saturday, which would have been the, what day was that? That was the 12th, June the 12th. Uh, they don't know why the bear attacked or what kind of bear it was. Uh, they said it was a short, quick, in-your-tent attack. Uh, I guess the, it says they were camping in a dispersed area, which means I guess there was no, there's no official campsite there. It's just, it's kind of an area that's like right along the shore of the lake. I see people there all the time. Um, when you're hiking on the Hidden Creek Trail in the summertime, you'll see people with their tents uh, set up and camping there. It's uh, somewhat of a popular spot. I've never camped there myself, but uh, I've hiked Hidden Creek Trail many times. And in fact, uh, one of my recent YouTube videos from, I think, about three or four months ago uh, is actually the snowshoe squatching one. That's actually on that trail. And uh, if you remember, if you go back and watch it, uh, I actually found some tracks in the snow that I believed were bear tracks. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, that was in the middle of winter, probably around January, February. I don't remember exactly when it was. But um, a lot of bear activity in that area. Uh, when I've walked that trail in the summertime, it seems like I've always heard or seen a bear. <clears throat> and uh, it sounds like the people were all right. They were able to get um, out of their tent into a kayak and they uh, took the kayak up to the uh, upper Ski Lake Lake campground to the boat launch where they met up with some uh, some people that were at the boat launch and helped them. And um, somebody called uh, the ambulance on uh, a satellite phone. And it looks like the Alaska Fishing Game went out to the area. They found the tent and uh, a bunch of their uh, camping supplies. But uh, no bear was in the area. So the trail's closed right now. And uh, they're going to, I guess, check some some of the DNA that um, they were able to get off of the, the uh, camper's clothes and off the tent probably. And they're going to see if they can tell what kind of bear it was. If it was a brown bear, black bear. Sounds like the campers don't know. Um, I guess, you know, if they don't know what kind of bear it was, that's kind of, I wonder if they even saw it. If it was just like clawing at them through the tent. How do they know it was even a bear to begin with? Hmm? That's interesting. 
But uh, anyway, I'm not going to go there. There's plenty of bear in that area. I'm sure it was a bear. But uh, interesting fact about that area also is uh, last year uh, around uh, spring breakup, there was a gentleman in that general area that went missing. Uh, they believe he may have been fishing, ice fishing and fell through the ice. But uh, I was actually headed out there that day and got hung up in some mud and ended up knocking a hole in our radiator and turning around and going home. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, that's one of the things you got to watch out for in Alaska, people. The bears are out and about, and uh, they will come and mess with you. But uh, the other piece of news I wanted to touch on, uh, this one's uh, kind of interesting. I, I was sitting on my couch the other day, and I got an alert on my phone that uh, there was yet another fire in the Kenai National Wildlife Refuge. <clears throat> this is uh, a little bit uh, east, I'm sorry, west of um, where the bear attack occurred in another area. Uh, this is actually, this is called the Loon Lake Fire. You can Google it and, and read about it on Alaska Fire Info. It uh, looks like they've starting to get it under control. It started out as like a two or three acre fire and then ballooned up to 150 acres. And I think they've got it back down, knocked it back down a little bit. But um, interesting thing about this fire, this is very, very close to the uh, area where the Swan Lake fire started. And this is like smack dab in what I consider to be prime Sasquatch territory. Uh, I think th there's not there's not any roads uh, out there. It's hard to get to, and um, I believe this is probably a very very good area. And uh, I think if there's Sasquatch in that area, I think that is where they reside, is in that general vicinity. And uh, I've heard some some vocalizations and stuff coming out of that area before. And uh, I'm a little, every time a fire breaks out there, I get a one. I get a little. Uh, nervous because obviously I, I don't want the the uh, Sasquatch to get burned up or burned out of the area and number two I get a little excited because I'm like maybe one of the firemen will see something or get something on video uh, they did drop in like a hot shot crew I believe the night the fire started <clears throat> but uh, I haven't heard any reports of anything being cited uh, but it looks like they've got it knocked down it's uh They've been dropping uh, water on it and doing fire retardant drops. So just um, here we go again, you know, it's it's bear season and it's fire season. And we had them both in the same weekend. <laughs> but uh, I, they think it was caused by a lightning strike. It wasn't caused by um, somebody being a stupid out there with a campfire. Uh, there is quite a bit of uh, lightning in that area. In fact, last time we were camping out in that area, um, we heard some thunder and heard that there had been some lightning in the area. We didn't actually see any that day, I don't think. Um, last year when we were there, there was a lot of lightning going on in that area. But I got a little concerned when I saw there was a fire there because I thought, oh, Lord. Because the Swan Lake fire started out pretty small. And they do the same thing every year with these fires. They say, well, it's not threatening anything. And, you know, it's just it, that area hasn't burned in a while. So we're going to let it burn. So they'll, they'll ignore it. And then the winds will shift. And sure enough, like in a day or two, it's on the highway. It's burning. It's jumped the highway. It's burning everything. It's, you know, structures are in danger. 
And it seems like that's like the standard operating procedure is they'll say, well, we're going to let it burn. And then trouble happens. And the highway gets shut down. And fun fact, the highway is the only way I can get to Anchorage to get to the airport. So as soon as I heard there was a fire in that area, I got pretty nervous because I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go again. They're going to shut down the highway and I'm not going to be able to get out of here to uh, get to the Medellin Falls thing. But it's looking like it's under control and hopefully I won't have any problems getting uh, up to Anchorage to the airport. And with that being said, you know, it's just a couple of days away uh, from me getting on the plane and heading up there. I'm sorry, heading down there, I guess. I guess I have to go up to Anchorage and then from Anchorage I go down to the lower 48. So I guess that's why I say up there sometimes. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Medellin Falls Bigfoot Festival. It's going to be this weekend. It is going to be starting here on Saturday the 19th, just a few short days away. Uh, if any of you guys are, or girls are <clears throat> able to head over and stop in, I think we'd love to see you. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. I uh, have some information here from one of the organizers that I am going to uh, relay to you and kind of give you a rundown of what's going on, who's going to be there, a uh, list of who's who and what's what. So it says that uh, in the morning, so Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. There's going to be a 5k fun run. I do believe there's a little bit of a uh, entry fee to, to get into that if you want to do that. Uh, the doors are going to open to the Cutter Theater um, at 9. The presentations are going to start at 10. And in Buster Park, which is nearby, I believe, uh, it says there's going to be over 50 vendors and street food uh, the fire department and sheriff's departments are going to be there along with border patrol joining on welcoming our friends and guests. Uh, just FYI, Medellin Falls is just like five miles away from the Canadian border. That's why border patrol is going to be there. I'm assuming. So the speaker list includes Ken Gerhard from Texas, uh, Larry Beans Baxter from Alaska, uh, Kevin Llewellyn, who is a BFR investigator from Spokane, uh, of course, Robert Alley, the author of Renko Sasquatch, which I'm going to have to pack my copy, up, one of my copies up and take it with me to get it signed. J.C. Williams from Georgia. Shane Corson from Washington and from the Olympic Project. Thomas Seawood's going to be there from Sasquatch Island. Uh, Russ Accord's going to be there from Expedition Bigfoot. Uh, Adam Davies, my good pal Adam Davies, is going to be emceeing the event. And I think he's also probably going to be on standby in case somebody can't make it to give a presentation as well. Uh, Leah Fisher from Boulder, Colorado. I guess she writes children's books on Bigfoot. I'm not uh, super familiar with, with her work. Uh, sounds, sounds like she might have some fun books for the kids, though. Uh, Will Ulmer, Stevens County, is going to be there, the grass man. Uh, <clears throat> special guest Tom Cantrell is going to be there, uh, big, a Bigfooter from way back. Uh, Seth Breedlove from Small Town Monsters is going to be there. Uh, Brett and Tom from the Paranormal Portal podcast is going to be there. Uh, and, of course, it looks like uh, this is a, just added. It looks like on Sunday uh, we're going to have Igor Burtsev there. Uh, Igor's a researcher from Russia and just uh, recently made headlines with uh, a phone call from Bigfoot, I believe, at a 
conference in Oklahoma he was attending. If you haven't seen that, you need to look it up. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, Bob Gimlin's going to be there, of course, from the famous Patterson Gimlin film. Uh, you can't, you don't want to pass up a chance to meet Bob. So if you can swing by there and, and meet Bob, you, you should probably do that. And uh, it sounds like they're going to have some casts from the Bossberg uh, track that uh, are going to be there on display. And uh, those are very cool. Uh, if you have know anything about the Bossberg tracks, they actually is, were taken not too far from there in Stevens County. And uh, those are the, uh, the infamous Cripplefoot tracks, uh, if you're not uh, familiar. And also, I wanted to just be sure to announce and get it out there that, uh, unfortunately, Amy Boo is not going to make it. Um, you know, if you follow her on social media or are familiar with her, of course, you know what's going on with her. She's had some uh, health issues, so she's not going to be there. She had planned to be there, but she's not going to make it. So uh, we're hopefully uh, I can get some of the guys together. We can FaceTime her and uh, uh, give her a good uh, a good ribbing for not showing up. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I think it's going to be a great event. I'm going to have a table set up. I'm going to be selling books uh, and autographing them there at the conference. Uh, we're also going to have some items from the website for sale. We're going to have some pocket knives and some patches and some stickers. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be bringing shot glasses or not. I think those are probably going to be too hard to transport. Uh, but we're definitely going to have the knives and the uh, the stickers and stuff there. So if you guys uh, aren't going to be able to make it to the Medellin Falls uh, Bigfoot Festival and you've been eyeballing those knives on the Alaskwatch Podcast website, uh, you might want to put your order in like ASAP because I don't plan on bringing a lot of those back from the conference. I think we're going to sell out of those. So if you guys uh, have been going to the Alaskwatch Podcast website, checking out some of the stuff we have, even eyeballing those knives, thinking you might want to have one put in your pocket. Uh, you might want to pick it up right now because I don't think I'm going to have any more of those anytime soon. So I'm not sure um, what the cell phone service and internet service is going to be like in Medellin Falls. I may try and do some live streaming or uh, something on Facebook Live or YouTube Live or something like that. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to check and see what kind of service and uh, data they have available there. I think that uh, probably if there's as many people show up as uh, they think are going to show up, uh, there might not be much cell service to be had. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, during like large events at uh, sports stadiums like the Super Bowl and stuff like that, playoff games, that uh, phone provider companies will actually bring in mobile cell phone towers to uh, pick up the strain from the local towers for the all the additional bodies on the ground and all the additional phones. So that's something I actually learned as a um, as a police officer when I was getting into uh, digital forensics. I didn't realize that was a thing, but uh, that is. They will bring in uh, portable cell phone towers to set up uh, in areas with um, large gatherings, large crowds, uh, like sports events, stuff like that. Also, uh, in natural disasters, when the cell phone, the towers get knocked down or get destroyed, they'll bring the, uh, portable towers in to take their place. So interesting fun fact right there. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what the, um, what the situation is and we'll, 
plan accordingly. If not, maybe I can just uh, get some video on my phone or on some of my cameras and <clears throat> post it later when I get back to um, the cell service. But anyway, guys, uh, I wanted to just kind of touch base with you guys uh, and let you know what's going on. Uh, looking forward to seeing everybody that's coming to the Medellin Falls Bigfoot Festival. And also uh, just wanted to remind everybody, you know, the show is going to be dark for a couple of weeks. Um, after the Medellin Falls thing, I am going to be going on some expeditions in the area and uh, going to spend some time down in Washington, go to some active areas and uh, see what I can see. Hopefully uh, I'll get some really cool activity to share with you guys. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do that, if it's going to be mostly video or if it's going to be podcasts. or I like to do both. I actually like to do podcasts and a companion video. Um, I'm not quite sure. You know, I don't get a lot of feedback on that. I haven't heard people say like, oh my God, you know, I, I love it when you do the bit videos and the podcast and I can watch or listen to, you know, get more information. But uh, that's kind of one of my favorite things to do because then, you know, I kind of get to talk about it and... Uh, tell you guys about it, but then I can also show you in the video. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see what happens. Um, who knows what I'll come back with. There's uh, some crazy stuff that goes on in that area. And uh, I want to go back to the area that we were in in Stevens County uh, when we filmed Bigfoot Encounters of the Pacific Northwest. And uh, I got a little scared. Uh, yeah, Beans got a little, uh, a little frightened on an investigation in that area. And uh, I got to go back and face my fears and uh, see what's going on with that place and tell them what's what. So I'm going to head back into that area. I'm not sure exactly when, either at the beginning or the end. I think I might save that for the end and uh, see what uh, see what happens. I will keep you guys in the loop when I get back. It's going to be a little bit, but when I get back, I should have a lot of good content and stuff to uh, drop on you. Also, I wanted to give you guys a quick update uh, we recently went camping, and I busted out my Napier um, sports truck tent again. I think last year I did a, um, a review on it. It was uh, pretty positive. And uh, I got to say, so far it's holding up. Uh, I think actually this putting it up this time, I think actually took less time than it did the first time. Uh, but I think it was because we didn't, like I, I know the first time we put it together, I think we had to like, undo a couple of things we've made a couple of mistakes or something like that and this time it went pretty smooth i think it went together um, pretty quick and the tent held up pretty good uh, we were only out for a couple of nights uh, we didn't have any significant rain or anything uh, it did get quite a bit of condensation uh, inside at night while we slept first night was actually really cold second night was kind of warm so got uh, both too hot and too cold <laughs> that wasn't the tent's fault that was just the ambient weather outside but uh so far the tent's holding up i really like it um if you guys are in the the market for a truck tent uh, you might want to check them out they're a little pricey but i think they're probably worth it my wife is uh, really happy with that extra protection of being up off the ground and uh, inside inside the back of the truck and uh, that's not a paid ad or anything like that. I just really, I really think that it's a nice product. Uh, they're not uh, giving me any money or anything, or any free stuff to say that. That's an honest uh, endorsement. But anyway, guys, I'm going to jump off here. That was just a quick update of kind of what's going on in my world and what's going to be going on with Alaskwatch for the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you don't hear from me, 
I will get back. I will post uh, some more shows and some content. I hope to take a lot of pictures and videos at the Mendeline Falls Festival and uh, get that stuff up on social media for you guys. But uh, anyway, you can uh, follow us on the Alaskwatch Facebook page. You can follow us on the Alaskwatch Instagram page. I also have a TikTok under Alaskwatch Podcast, although <laughs> lately it seems like all I post is uh, videos of my dogs. But uh, be sure and check out the alaskwatchpodcast.com website. Uh, you can peruse all my shows, videos, stuff like that on there. And uh, anyway, guys, I really hope that I see you on the ground in Medline Falls. Uh, swing by the booth, uh, say hello, take a picture, buy a book, and uh, tell me what you think of Alaskwatch. I hope to see you guys there. And uh, everybody be safe and uh, stay away from the bears and don't play with matches, boys and girls. I'll see you later. I'll see you when I get back from Medellin Falls. Mm-hmm.